following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. College football week nine edition with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my right, Brad Powers. Straight in front of me, Ken Thompson. And special guest, week number two, Back by popular demand, Steve Fezzik. And what a show, boys. What a show we got going today is we got a super trend. We got pros versus Joes. We got the public palander coming up. We got a crossfire, but it's two against one. Like Andre the Giant back in the day. We got one double like. Three best bets. And to start off, always Brad versus the world. And this time, man, oh, man. Is it versus the world? This is Brad Powers against the AP, the Associated Press, and Ken Thompson in the same game. And how is he against them? It's cause of his power rating. Brad ranks 130 teams every week. You can go up to pregame.com and hear that or see that up in the forums. And Right now, you've got the Ohio State Buckeyes, and this is probably the game of the day, so it's great to be starting with it. You've got the Buckeyes, Brad, ranked what? Number two in my power ratings. Interesting. And AP says? Number six. All right, so you think Ohio State much better. Ken Thompson, where do you got the Buckeyes? Well, I had them at six, but then I saw that number seven was Oklahoma, and I said, wait, how can that be? How can I not move Oklahoma ahead of Ohio State, Consider they throttled them on Ohio State's Field, so I dropped Ohio State down to seven. Interesting, interesting. Now, let's let Vegas have their say, perhaps. So where do you have Penn State, Ken, in your rankings? I have Penn State at number three. Interesting. So Ohio State at home. Now, what would we say, Faz, home field for the Buckeyes is a big game like this? Four? Yeah, go up to four and a half. Four and a half. So the Buckeyes are favored by seven. So let me see. Four and a half is less than seven. So that's two and a half additional points. So, Ken, maybe we start here is the betting market is saying Penn State is two and a half points less the team. The team you've got ranked over the Buckeyes, two and a half points, the lesser team. What do you say to that? I think it's bogus. I'm just wondering where they're getting that from as far as when you look at Ohio State's track record. They open up. They go to Indiana. They're struggling with a Hoosier team that right now hasn't won a game in the Big Ten. They're 0-4. It's a Hoosier team that led the game 21-20 with four minutes to go in the third quarter. When you look at the rest of Ohio State's schedule, the only game that they have a win against a team that has a winning record is Army. Army 6-2. and two. And Army, five of their wins are against teams under 500. UNLV at Rutgers. Maryland, a depleted Maryland team on a third-string quarterback. And at Nebraska. I mean, I just don't understand how Ohio State can be ranked that high. Look, I understand preseason polls. I understand they have a lot of talent. Dobbins is a good running back, but JT Barrett to me is the most overrated quarterback in college football. I've been saying that. I know his stats look great. 20 touchdowns, one interception. That's all well and good. But when you throw a pass more than 10 yards, JT, let me know about it because it's few and far between. (laughs) You know, we do have a great listenership, but I don't think JT is necessarily listening right now. Oh, he may listen to the to the uh, (laughs) say this guy in Vegas has been killing you. Let's talk about JT Barrett because obviously 
they're, the, the idea he's been around so long makes it seem like, oh, this is a, a veteran. That's a good thing. But also, he's probably had as many disappointing games as anybody with such a big name. Brad, right now, at the college level, I'm not asking how they project out to the pros. At the college level, how many quarterbacks are better than JT Barrett if you were starting a team? Uh, at least 10, maybe even 15. So, but you think, even if we're being a little pessimistic, Barrett's in the top 15 or 16? Yeah, absolutely. Anyone disagree with that? I'll say right around there. I think he's in the top 20. Okay. All right. And so let's, so let's start with your leaner like. So guy for new listeners and we're mm-hmm. getting, getting them all the time. And by the way, guys, we had a real nice uptake last week in listenership. So there's a little reward for you at the end of the show. Like we always do when you support the show so much is we do leaner like on every game. Now the boys get one pass. They get one best bet. They get one total and otherwise, and we're going to cover all the biggest TV games, every one of them. Otherwise, it's lean, which means ah, it's a smidge, or like, which is potentially taking off the rubber band and betting the game. But you certainly have a clear opinion. Lean or like in this game, Ken Thompson? I lean Penn State, and the only reason I lean is because the spot Meaning is like, other than like, because it sounds like you're saying, right. hey, we've got the better team I, I, getting I, a touchdown. Here's the thing. I, I picked Penn State at the beginning of the year on our first broadcast here to win. I said they would win the Big Ten. And so they're where I thought they would be. The spot is ideal for Ohio State. And that's why. why. Because they're coming off a bye and they're at home and they've already been beaten by a top 10 team at home. So Urban Meyer also, his track record when he has time to prepare is pretty much unbeatable okay so that now that's good right because you can think power ratings wise this but situationally that and it sometimes it will be both on the same side and thus you have a a really best bet or sometimes they're working against each other and you just lean one way and rj here's the other thing at the beginning of the year when i picked penn state i thought that ohio state would beat oklahoma so therefore i thought both teams would be undefeated going into this game and i thought maybe more pressure on ohio state Therefore, but this is a must win to make the playoffs. It is, but since they already have that loss, in other words, they've already tasted defeat. So I think pressure really on Penn State because they're still tightrope walking with that goose egg there. Oh, that's interesting. All right, Brad, you came with this amazing trend on with with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer in his career with extra time to prep. This is season openers off of buying the regular season bowl games. 47 and four straight up. For our purposes, 36-12-1 against the number. And has not lost. We got a competitively spread game here. No. <laughs> wow. That's pretty strong. It, it, very strong. And as far as being a competitively priced game here, with it being a touchdown or a little bit less, has not lost in the regular season straight up with extra time to prep since 2001, his very first year at my alma mater, Bowling Green. Okay, so... Amazing trend. Whenever we have trends, we ask, is the rationale there? Fez, you're a skeptic of trends, but you like, like to me, you probably handle trends better than anyone that I deal with, which is you're open to them, but they have to make sense to you. This one seems to make a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense to me, especially let's look at the circumstances. What happened last year? Ohio State went to a not so happy uh, Penn State Valley 
in the sleet and the rain, they're laying 19 in that game. They completely outplayed Penn State for half, and then they got a kick blocked for a touchdown. It was a whiteout in Penn State. All heck broke loose. This game's been circled for a year for the Buckeyes, and they have extra time to prepare. Contrast that with Penn State. So how much is revenge in your handicap for the Buckeyes in this game? I think probably a point and a half, and I think it's worth the point that Penn State just got their revenge on Michigan. They had their game of the year. Not this week. It was last week. You want to get up to that Spinal Tap 11 back-to-back weeks? Good luck with that. Brad, what do you think of the revenge side? I don't know if it's worth a point and a half, uh, but Irvin Meyer also very good with revenge. I believe his last 34 times with revenge, 24 and 10 against the number in his career. So that's another good trend in, in his favor. Not a point and a half for me, probably a, a point at most, maybe even a, a three quarters yeah, of a right. point. That's a distinction with that, but you think it's a clear fact. Absolutely. Okay, Brad, let's go your leaner like on this game. I lean with the Buckeyes. Mine. So by the way, we've got Buckeyes right now. We're taping on Tuesday, favored at home by seven. Yeah, I lean with Ohio State minus the points here. We already mentioned it. They have extra time to prep. Fez beautifully mentioned it. This is their circle game of the season. And also, you know, looking at the particular matchup, now why isn't it not a like for me? We already brought it up as far as the JT Barrett thing. 21 touchdowns, one interception, but all 21 touchdown passes are against the poor teams that they played so far this season. He had an 0-1 ratio, the only top 10 team he played so far this season. So that's the question and that is out there in my mind on why this isn't a like, because situation says you got to like Ohio State, pop my power ratings like Ohio State, and the revenge likes Ohio State. And we have a super trend that likes Ohio State, but it's only a lean for me because I do have that concern about JT Barrett. And it's caused a competition. And they haven't played anyone. Ken, Ken mentioned it. He's got a point there. UNLV, Army, I mean, poor teams in the Big Ten, so, so Nebraska. He, here's the question. And, Fez, I'm going to ask you this one. We'll get your leaner like on the game. If a spread is 30 in a game, Ohio, Ohio State, let's say, and they win by 40, they've exceeded expectations. So, on one hand, you could say that, hey, we, by definition, the spread is supposed to handicap the better team. If they exceed expectations, give them a thumbs up. But different handicappers believe different types of teams play differently against, or I guess teams play differently against different types of teams. Meaning there's some teams that can dominate teams that they're supposed to be, but maybe don't play as well against. I think Louisville is a team we've talked about is Louisville is going to be able with Lamar Jackson to run up scores against teams. They have real physical edges over, but if in the trenches, Louisville is, uh, has a disadvantage, then Louisville can get blown out, even though maybe they should only be a six or seven point underdog with the Buckeyes. Do you see it that? Yeah, they've exceeded expectations against teams that they should be beating and they've beaten them even worse, but that's not the same as seeing them beat a, a, a very competitive team. I think they can really lay it on a very competitive team also, and here's why. Let me give you a stat. So you like Buckeyes here. I like the Buckeyes. This is a stat in conference only, so it strips out the non-conference games. Now, granted, the Big Ten's a little bit down, but still Big Ten competition, Big Ten linemen. The Buckeyes are averaging 7.5 yards per play, and they're giving up 3.9. That's a plus 3.6 yards per play. You don't see that ever in the NFL, RJ. That is incredibly good. How good is it, Penn State? is plus 1.6. Now, Penn State has a higher strength of schedule, a much higher within conference, but that's still a staggering difference. But that's not, I'm sorry, there's not one of those teams over 500. The Rutgers, Maryland, Nebraska, and Indiana, not one. 
Still Big and, Ten and, competition. And no, and no doubt about it is college football stats, you've got to wait by competition so much more in the NFL. There is a strength of schedule in the NFL, but we're smidgen here or there. This is huge differences. And I'm glad you brought up the competitively priced games because the last three times they've been in a competitively priced game, it hasn't been a good look for the Buckeyes. Lose at home outright as a touchdown favorite against Oklahoma. Bowl game, get beat 31 nothing in a pick'em game. And even last year's Michigan game, yeah, they won. But if you go back to that game, they're laying about a touchdown, and they're outplayed for the first three quarters of the game. So it hasn't been a good look for Ohio State the last three times when they've been in a competitively lined atmosphere. And R.J. was dressed up as a referee, spotting that ball twice in the fourth <laughs> quarter. I, I really think it comes down to you've got a sample size of three, you've got a sample size of 40 for the Buckeyes. Do you believe what you've seen the past year? I've been much more inclined to say I believe in Urban Meyer and the program and their excellence the last eight years. Interesting. Well, you know, that, this is, that is true. But would you have ever as much as you believe in Urban Meyer, would you have ever believed that Urban Meyer on New Year's Day would get shut out in a final four game? Yeah, that 31 nothing against Clemson. That's um, that has that's an, an eye opener because point. of his track record. His track record is that infallible. And we'll be talking about the Clemson game this week coming up soon. Here's what I would say is. I think this whole handicap comes down to how good you really think Penn State is because AP does think, you know, and can you think they're better than the Buckeyes? And if so, I don't think that if you're a better team that the situational advantage warrants seven. If you think the Buckeyes are the or Penn State's the better team, you got to take the seven here, I think. it. But he, I think what really dictates if you think the Buckeyes are the better team is how much you trust this domination against these lesser teams. And if you answer that question, sometimes guys, we're going to try to give the answer, but you know, as Roddy Piper would say, <laughs> he had some great lines. You remember those, Brad? Every time you think, you know, the answer, I changed the question. All right. It's wow. pretty good. That is good. <laughs> Little yeah. Piper. But, but the fact of the matter is that, I am skeptical of the Buckeyes because I think when you're that physically superior, even when you're not playing well, you can blow out the lesser teams. It's like me playing basketball with my nine year old cousin, right? It's e or my niece. It's easier, right? Then it doesn't matter if I drank last night or if I didn't sleep a lot, I can still dominate. It's just, if I'm playing someone competitive, now those deficiencies come in. The one thing that makes me happy about the Buckeyes are optimistic. And then we'll go to the next game is Joel Clatt, uh, Joel Clatt, who I think a very sharp college football guy, and he's on with uh, the herd all the time, is he says right now he thinks Ohio State's playing the best football in the country, uh, even better than Alabama. I'm not saying that. And his point was they are throwing downfield. After that Oklahoma game, they've gone very vertical, and they really weren't like that before. And it was kind of good to have these lesser teams uh, – you know, to, to kind of get these changes integrated. Brad, you watch these games. Do you see the Buckeyes going downfield more? Yeah, I mean, as they've adapted to the Kevin Wilson offense, they have. But again, it's easier to go downfield when your guys are running wide open when you're playing Rutgers in Maryland. Right. That, and the, that and the fact and, and Barrett has all day to throw. I mean, he's back there. There's not really been a lot of pressure on Barrett. And, you know, with him. With Penn State, you're going to, with Penn State. There's a good chance you will get some pressure. We'll see how good he is. You know when Ken's when Ken's fading the Buckeyes, you got you got to give him a countdown to get him to stop. RJ, you remember? You remember? <laughs> you, listen, you remember Week One when I said that Penn State would win the game? You know what's you funny? You've only got to lean on this game. You called me on. You've it. only got to lean. Here's the thing, RJ. There's certain game, there's certain spots that are perfect for teams. And last Ten, week, 
There was a, last week, there was a perfect spot for Notre Dame against USC all over Notre Dame. That's it. We're done with that game. We're good. We're done. <laughs> Ken says we can move on. Game yes. number two. And we talked about the power ratings. And here's the thing. And this is a, a really insightful comment. You should rate, if you do do your ratings, rate your teams, and then put an A, B, or C beside those teams a as in, I feel so good about, it might be the worst team, the best team. I feel so good about my handle on this team. A B is eh, pretty good. And C is I don't feel good. And then try to avoid betting games where you have two C's or even a B and a C. Ideally, you have at least two B's, if not more. And here's a game, UCLA, Washington. Washington at home, favored by 17. Brad, you have a very uncertain power rating on Washington. Yeah, I have them in my top 10. I mean, they looked the part early on in the season. They weren't playing very tough competition, but to their credit, they were blowing them out. Even a couple of Pac-12 teams where they exceeded my expectations in their games. But the reality is they haven't played a single team in the top 30 of my power ranks. And the only top 40 team they played. So who's this? This is Washington. Thank you, RJ. <laughs> the Huskies, the only top 40 team Washington has played all season so far is Arizona State. And Washington was dominated in that game as a two touchdown plus favorite from start to finish. Now, wouldn't you say the pedigree of the coach? I think this is one of the best coaches. It, it, it has people probably believing in Washington more than what has happened on the field should justify. An astute point there. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's the case. But personnel wise, Washington is not nearly as strong as what they were a year ago. All right. So you're passing. You're only passing passing on this game. All right. Steve Fezzik, lean or like on this game? Going to lean with Washington. This is going to be a common theme amongst the one-loss premium teams. I I think this is the time of year style points count. I think that you're looking at that final four. Am I going to get in? Am I going to get out? What's the projections? I got to win every game, and I got to win big, and I think it matters. by style points is it's a game where you should be able to name the score. Now, 17, and it's UCLA, you shouldn't be able to name the score. But if you have a chance, if you're up 14 late, you probably want that last touchdown. Or that last field goal like Wisconsin kicked with (laughs) 10 seconds left last week. Okay, so lean, though. So why not a like? I hate laying 17. It's that simple. It's that. I went in But you will. I mean. I will. Correct me if I'm wrong, but some of your biggest bet, it's kind of weird because you stay away from laying the big numbers, obviously in NFL, but also college. But occasionally some of your biggest bets will be on big favorites. Yeah, I might have like eight bets in any one month. I might have eight bets on the double digit dog in college and maybe three or four I'll be laying. So two to one ratio. Okay. And by the way, red hot in the colleges, your premium stuff up at pregame.com. These are your very best, your best last Saturday. Yeah, I went uh, 3-0 last Saturday, swept the board. And then you were 5-0 for college the whole week, though, yeah, right? Thir- and on a th- Do I have to drag this out of you? 13-4 run. We're running good. <laughs> Jeez, he's acting all humble now. So you didn't bet that Michigan game that you went at us with. I can't, that, that was yeah. a free play best bet. I'm sorry. Yes. Right. Which, obviously, and every- and the t- by the time I got out, I, I gave out 10, and it was 8.5. So the theory is you were on the right side, but it didn't cash. It was the wrong side. <laughs> well, what about the whole closing line value argument? I think it's a little overrated. There's a lot of NFL betters out there. Then the super contest contest consensus went 0 and 11 this past week. And almost all of those games had moved RJ 0 and 11. All right. Ken Thompson, Washington, UCLA, Washington by 17 leaner, like leaning towards UCLA. And only because I respect Rosen enough to put points on the board 
that I think the way that Washington's offense is struggling a little bit now that UCLA will stay inside that number. And early on, remember, Washington went to Rutgers and struggled. I mean, that was a seven-point game in the second half with Rutgers. They didn't cover that game. So, you know, what are we basing this Washington team on? Chris Peterson, they're in Seattle. They're off the bye. The spot is nice. UCLA still good enough to put up some points and stay within that number. That's pretty good. I agree. I agree. Game number three coming up. Speaking of style points, Fez, we've got Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Oklahoma by 20 and a half at home. And you think style points matter a lot in this game? Yeah. So I like, I'm sorry, I lean to Oklahoma again, hate laying the really big lumber, um, but I'm concerned about both teams. I thought Texas Tech played a terrible game and Oklahoma's defense. I really have a question. Is that defense fixable? We talked about how K-State with their backup quarterback can't move the ball a lick and they just lit up that Oklahoma D. So it's only a lean. Brad, I lean with Texas Tech. And uh, the the main factor for me is the fact that uh, Oklahoma's defense is not nearly as good as what I expected, not nearly as good as what we saw in the Ohio State game several weeks ago. And I got to think that Texas Tech's offense is going to shake out of this five and a half quarter rut that they've been in. They've only managed 13 points. I got to perceive that from what I've seen from Texas Tech's offense the last three, four years as an outlier type of performance. They'll put enough points on that OU defense to stay within the number. Okay, so Fez leans Oklahoma. Brad leans Texas Tech. It's Oklahoma at home favored by 20 and a half. Tiebreaker, Ken. All right, I'm leaning Texas Tech, but here's the crazy thing that I found out, that West Virginia, when they were getting throttled by Texas Tech, 35-17 at home, they switched up their defense. Instead of rushing four, they dropped eight into coverage. They shut them out the fourth quarter and the last five minutes of the third quarter, outscored them 29-0. You saw the same approach from Iowa State last week in Lubbock. They dropped eight in coverage. Instead of, uh, instead of blitzing four, they blitzed three. It worked perfectly. They basically shut down Shimanek as far as all his passes, and he completed 31 of them for only 207 yards and no touchdowns on his home field. So I like the approach there. Now, the problem with Oklahoma is I don't think they have the personnel to drop eight in coverage, to be effective, to shut down Texas Tech. So I think Tech getting 19 and a half, it's too many points. They're going to stay within that number. Now, this is fascinating. So you're saying that Tech was played a certain way throughout the year. And in a game recently, a team came with a very different approach. When they were down by 18, West Virginia switched their defensive approach because they could not stop Texas Tech by rushing three. Shimanek was burning them. The defense coordinator changed things up, dropped eight into coverage. It totally changed. And it was very effective. They shut them out. 29-0 after that. And then... Tech played another game, and that defense Iowa did the same State, thing. Iowa State copied exactly what West Virginia did, dropped eight into coverage, and basically shut them down, held them to 13 points on their home field. So, And we're saying Oklahoma, with could, all their five-star recruits, they just don't, won't be able to do it as well as West Virginia. I, I'm telling you. and, and, and that's, That that's defense the, is that bad? That's, well, if you watch so them, let's start I mean, there, the guys. only team they could shut down was Ohio State. This is what, make, what makes Ken indispensable, in my mind, is that – kind of fanaticism of watching a game's a blowout. You're watching it. You see the defensive change guys. Let's have a discussion quickly on this. Brad hearing that does, that seems like a big deal, right? Cause I, no matter how bad a defense has been, Oklahoma still got five-star level recruits. Uh, yeah. I got to look at the Ohio state game as the outlier and, and that outlier performance has made them completely overvalued in the market. I mean, they're own four the, against the big 12 teams that they're used to playing against year after year average, not covered by 17 points per game. Every other game but Ohio State, the defense has performed 
well below average. But doesn't the fact that there seems to be a clear blueprint on how to stop Tech that would let Oklahoma do that if these other teams could? And he's on to something a little bit there, but I'm not necessarily sure Oklahoma's capable of doing it. If you can't shut down a backup quarterback, Kansas State, a third-string quarterback against Oklahoma And we're not Iowa saying State. they're not going to win by 15 <laughs> points, RJ. They're laying 19 and a half points. But what I'm saying is this, is if somehow, if it was just one team that did it unexpectedly in a game, and then next game we were handicapping, I'd say, well, there's going to be a counter move to that. Usually it's just like in any martial arts or something. Well, you would you, think now Texas Tech, Kingsbury is going to have another but, counter move to come back and but, say, look, this is the way they're playing but us But wouldn't now. he have had that the week after the West Virginia Evidently game? he didn't because Would, they got throttled. At and home maybe the, that's an exploitable element of their offense that's going to be exploitable. Now it's been identified. I just think if the Oklahoma defense had those five-star recruits, there was a clear blueprint to stop Kansas State with their stiff quarterback, and yet K-State put 35 on them. And Oklahoma certainly didn't have the scheme to stop Texas Tech last year, they allowed 854 yards to Texas Tech with all those four and five star recruits. Now think about that, guys. Is we are like six minutes into this game, and Brad pulls out a stat that that'd be the best stat you would have gotten on a lot of podcasts. Now where do you get this stuff? Only in the dream preview. Good stuff, Brad. Good stuff. Next game. This is the baby that, quite frankly, I didn't want to cover, but Fez liked it so much that we had to. Fez likes this game. We're going to start with him. WVU, as we called it back home. Okie State, Okie State on the road, favored by seven and a half. We'll take the country roads, the home team, plus the seven and a half. West Virginia, all about cluster injuries. You like those mountain mamas, didn't you? Uh, (laughs) I don't want to go there. Uh, All about cluster injuries on the O-line. Remember that pit game when Oklahoma State went in and scored 49 in the first half? I do. This is the best offense with Rudolph. That was you saying He's going to win the Heisman. (laughs) This is an undervalued team. Well, the team I watched this past Saturday, their center is out. Then their right guard goes down, and the offense is— And who is this? Uh, for Oklahoma State. So they, they're they the one with the cluster injuries on the offense. How bad did it get against Texas? It's 10-7. Fourth and goal from the one. Oh, we got we to gotta take the points and kick the field goal and turn it over to our defense. This offense is a shell of what it was with those O-line injuries. All right. So Fez likes, likes West Virginia here, plus seven and a half. All right, Ken, you actually have a lean in this, baby. Yeah, I'm going to lean to Oklahoma State. In fact, I did play Oklahoma State minus the seven. Brad actually got a better number than I did because he was there again at the win when the numbers came out. So he got under seven, the line up to seven and a half. So I don't like it as far as to give it out, but I did play it at seven. I do lean to Oklahoma State. I still think the offense is prolific enough to be able to put up enough points to uh you know, cover at West Virginia. I'm not sold on West Virginia's defense. I, again, I know they made the adjustments against Texas Tech. I, I respect Greer a lot. I think he's a solid quarterback, and I think they're, they've are they played Texas Christian better than anybody else. TCU, the only undefeated team in the Big 12, they've played better than anybody else. I haven't else. heard Texas Christian for a long time. Right, right. I, I, oh, I started, cool. Yeah, but TCU. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, I, I, it's just a gut feel, RJ. Sometimes, you know, you, you go – you know, with the gut feel, especially the with the lean, right? We're forcing it. it, it well, it is. I mean, and, if this I, game's ten, right? You like West Virginia? But I did. But four, I did put my five, money. You, I did put my money on it, though. I put my money on it at seven. Wait, seven at seven. At seven. I would. I would not lay the hook, though. 
I would okay. not. I would not. So you bet. You bet. Okie State a seven. I did. Now you're to lean, and it shows you, especially in the key number like seven, it can swing it. Exactly. But, I don't want anybody else to put there. In other words, like like Brad will say, if you got to the dance late, no sense going. Some novice listeners might say, "What you you don't like it? At, uh, you bet it. That's the dumb guy voice, right? You you bet it a seven, but you don't like it a seven and a half. Well, no, right? That is a huge chunk of your value, especially with such a key number three, seven, ten, fourteen. The key numbers in football. All right, Brad. So on this game, you've got actually. Oh well, let's talk about the win for a second because. They open up. They're the world openers sometimes, but Bet Online will open earlier too for like nickels offshore. Uh, the Vegas opener every week is Johnny Avello. Give him credit down at the win. And Avello's got some gamble in him. He runs a sports book down there. Nice guy. He's done a lot of radio with us. Um, how many? We talked about this before. How, what's the max limit bet down there? Two dimes. Two yeah. dimes. And you're betting, you're down there, and there's only about a dozen other people. That's it. Only 10 or 12. The same people each and every week. Okay. Now, are, are you getting to know some of those guys Absolutely. and starting to trade some information? A little bit. It seems to be After more, the more, give, more give than take. Oh, so I, learned well, my sometimes you gotta... I learned my lesson a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, Vegas. I yeah. mean, they saw a farm boy coming yeah. and from Cl- Cleveland. They said, hey, this guy, <laughs> we're going to act like he's part of the club and get some good. Well, the fact they want to take your information is probably a good sign. I think they. I did know one guy there really well, but they overheard me talking, and I learned to keep my mouth shut a little bit because they were ahead of me in line. They bet my games before me, and they're not afraid <laughs> to move them a half a point. I mean, after one bet, that's how soft of a market it is. Well, yeah. Well, it's a sign of, you know, there used to be in Fez. You might have dealt with this. Did you ever deal with the outlaw line? No. <laughs> wow. At, <laughs> at the Stardust or just at, in general to any book? Well, the whole idea of an outlaw line is before, before the world openers is they would open the line with limits, with, with smaller limits to a private clientele. Let's say there was a dozen people an online book was comfortable with or even the brick and mortars back in the day. And they say, you doesn't can show up at, let's say the wind opens up. What time do they put their lines out? 3 p.m. Pacific. So maybe at two, they would let these six people show up, go in the back, make some bets. And then they'd open to the public figuring, hey, we had to take a few cracks at, you know, for decent amounts to shape that lineup. So yeah, yeah it's brilliant. If I was running a sports book, I'd say, Brad, come on down the day um, an hour before and you can have 300 a game instead of, or, or a 500 a game. And you'd be perfectly happy if you could at your leisure for over the next 40 minutes, bet into that board. Right. Absolutely. And again, you can see how much Brad's respected and uh, worked many years with Phil Steele, moved out to Vegas and you should follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. Oh, wait, that's my Twitter. (laughs) So you can follow me. That's probably a little better. But if you want to follow Brad, it's at Brad Powers 7. Brad Powers, plural, 7. And you send some tickets out from the the win, right? Yeah, I do each and every week. I send them beforehand, and then I also grade them. Did I get ahead of a significant line move? Uh, that's mainly how I grade them. What percentage of the bets you made so far would you say that that moved that moved in your direction? Sixty-five to seventy percent. Yeah, can't can't do much better than that. All right, so leaner like in this game, it's Okie State favored by seven and a half at West Virginia. I I took off the rubber band at the win on this game with Oklahoma State at minus six and a half, I believe. But right now, at current seven and a half, since it is a key number lean with Oklahoma State. We've talked about their offense. One thing I did like is that their offense had such a poor performance last week on the road against Texas. 
when they needed their defense to step up. This is Oklahoma State? This is Oklahoma State. When they needed their defense to step up and win a game for them on the road in a hostile environment, their defense was capable of doing it. On the flip side, West Virginia's defense, I don't know if they're capable of making several stops in this game on Oklahoma State's offense. So better defense off an outlier poor performance on offense. I like liked Oklahoma State in my six and a half, lean Oklahoma State at the current seven and a half. Next game, and we're getting to some juicy stuff. Crossfire in a couple games, pros versus Joes, three best bets, bunch of stuff coming up on the dream preview. I'm RJ Bell, Brad Powers, Ken Thompson, Steve Fezzik. Next, public pounder. This is when the public goes wild. Texas A&M favored, actually a one-point dog. Wow, this is fascinating. One-point dog. This is really fascinating. So A&M opened as a two-point favorite. Now they're a one-point dog. But there's 92% of the money and 85% of the bets on A&M. So that must that opener must have been a real bad line at all, bet online. This is a game to look into with that line move, but what we know objectively is 92% of the cash on Texas A&M in this game. And Fez, I'm going to or Fez, you're passing this baby and Ken likes it. So Ken, we're going to start with you. Yeah, I'm going to go with Texas A&M. It's hard to go against the 12th man, especially off the bye. And the one thing I like about their quarterback, Kellen Mond, who, of course, was not the starter at the beginning of the year, is this guy, you know, he's not flashy. He's just a blue-collar, lunch-pail-type guy that goes in there and gets it and understands that the starting quarterback from the beginning of the year is ready to come back, but he's still going to just go about his business and and uh, do what Coach Sumlin asked him to do. And I think that's why Sumlin likes him, because he feels he can rely on him, and he's somebody that's listening to directions. You have two good running backs in Williams and Ford that are you know, 12 touchdowns on the ground, and that takes pressure off Christian Kirk, who's one of the best receivers in the country, but still really has yet to have a breakout game. He had one decent game. I expect him to have a big game coming off the bye, and I think A&M's the right side. Mississippi State has not shown me anything on the road. They're a home-road dichotomy, as we talk about in this industry. Oh, good stuff there from Ken. Likes A&M. You gonna hit me with Huey? Why? Well, it's a public pounder. Well, it's a public. Remember now. All right. Remember I now. Hear this. I don't mind if you're on the same side as the public, unless the sharps are going the All other right. way. Fair enough. Right. And but in this case, it just blows my and and Fez. I mean, you read the market, in my opinion, better than anybody that I know, and I know a lot of them, a lot of the boys, as they say. Is what's going on with this move? All the and again. You know, ApplePregame.com, it's not like every one of the, you know, we've got a huge amount of action that we track. And and right now, and this is Tuesday, this game had, what, $17,000 on it. So, I mean, this is not small fry money early in the week on Tuesday. What, what are you seeing with this line move? I actually talked to my math betting group on this game. So I got good information with it. Cause I was like, Ken, I like Texas A&M. I so th- real quick math betting group, explain. the math betting group tells me I'm completely wrong. They said their math model that doesn't incorporate anything else, just the pure math yards per play and adjustments has A&M should be a three point underdog. And they told me I was making this. I was about to make the square bet here on Texas A&M. Okay. So everyone's on A&M, but the line's moving the other way, huh? I could hit him with Huey, but retroactively hitting him with Huey, I don't think that's fair. fair. That's fair. But it, the fact that the, I mean, I guess the groups haven't moved 
uh, with Mississippi State because we're not seeing it in the cash numbers. Well, I think what happened is that the books rate these guys as an A plus that bet Mississippi State, even though they're State. not betting huge money, right? And so the books are saying, "Hey, they got the memo. They want the Texas A and M money." And every dollar bet is not created equal. They do things books do called booking faces, right? Which is old brick and mortar. You walk up, guy has been beating you for ten years, bets a nickel. You're going to take that very seriously. Where a drunk guy from New Jersey that owns a few gas stations, they might bet 30 dimes and not necessarily move the line. So, so far, what we're seeing is Ken on A&M, line move is giving him a plus number, but that, that line move seems to be driven by some sharp money on Mississippi State. Who do you like on this one, Brian? I, I don't like I lean with A&M. I like the spot for them. They're coming off a bye, very confident, off a, a nice win against Florida prior to the bye. They're at home with revenge, a team that outright upset them last year when they were ranked in the top five in the country. Just the spot for me, at home, confident team with an ever-improving young quarterback, Texas A&M to lean. So this is interesting. Is Ken had A&M. Yeah. You were anxious for me to hit him with Huey. Like Schottenfreud, as a German said, you wanted to see someone else's pain. No, no, no. I oh. want you to hit me with Huey. So you are a masochist. Oh, because <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He bit. wanted he wanted he wanted Ken to get hit yeah. with Huey, even though he would have got hit yeah. with Huey. It would have been funny if I hit you with Huey, and I wish I would have thought yeah. of that. Shoot. All right, next <laughs> game. Super trend game for Mr. Brad Powers, Georgia, Florida. Georgia favored on the road by 14 points. It is the largest. My records go back to 1976. By far the largest favorite role for Georgia in this series in 40-plus seasons. In fact, RJ, just looking at the outcomes of the games, they haven't beaten Florida by more than 12 points in any game since 1997. So outlier line and outlier as far as how the series has been playing out. Okay. But and it, is, it is a neutral field, though. Uh, yeah, and no, no, because he yeah. said on the road. At the, oh, at the okay. I, I'm just okay. Fair enough. Fair. Brad, enough. didn't you have a trend on Georgia Tennessee that was very similar to that, though? Did I? Or are you yeah. trying to remind me of something? <laughs> no, I just had it was very close series. No, no, what but, I was but out. And, and again, we bust balls and have yeah. fun with it. But I think it's important to bust balls legitimately and not in a facile way, Fez. So I guess oh, here's geez. I guess here's my question: Is Brad has a pet handicapping theory, which is if a team is in a historic situation, he's going to be skeptical of it because it might be a recency bias where if you have all this history saying one thing and this year says something so differently, he is looking at this year's limited data skeptically. I think that is rock solid conceptually. Do you agree? I agree. So you were making fun of something you agree with. Yes, but this is the exception to the rule because this Georgia team... But why team, would you have brought up the old because, game? Because, that was also an be, exception? Because, well, this Georgia team has nothing to do with all of those other Georgia teams. This, so then how do you agree with the rule in ge- or that approach in general? Because this, nine times out of ten, you'd be correct, but I feel in this game, you've got a Georgia team that you can throw all the rest of the no, data No, no, in the no, I understand. Can. And, and I, if you would have approached it and said... Brad, I want to pay homage to your great approach, but I do think this game is the exception. I wouldn't have got involved here. Let's say I said that then. But that's, <laughs> but that's what I meant. Why, why did you go back and and why was it? And I don't want to judge, but why did you go back and make fun of a game he lost? He applied a solid concept. 
because it was such an overwhelming loss when Tennessee played that, that all, all of the same trends but apply to But that seems to, to be just recency bias run wild because he lost one game. It was wrong. Well, it was just so. It, I that, feel. I'm sorry. Brad, Brad is five and I, one on his videos. Brad is rough, yeah, for, solid. <laughs> look, for but the he got guys, that one wrong. For the think, wise guys, I want to apologize. Jeez, for Fezzik. And I apologize as well. I did not mean it that way. <laughs> That's all I'm saying is this Georgia team is really good, and I don't think the markets are. Let me, let me ask you, well, were you: Are you basing that just on a one-point win that they pulled out at Notre Dame? Where are you getting that? Hold on, hold on. Yeah, this I'm is a pro. Wondering. We're going to get into this game. So. Guys, we were having fun, and, and we were obviously playing. Fez is support, you know, really amongst the really sharp guys that are public, as in they have Twitter accounts and such. Fez supports even guys not associated with pregame. If he thinks they're good, he's as positive as they come. And, and Brad, you, you know, for those that might think, oh, there might be some animosity here. I mean, wouldn't you agree in the last, what, you've been 15, 16 months in town? Fez is really mentored you. There has been no one more supportive and mentor Aww. as a mentorship than two guys here, Fezic and RJ. But I met Ken this year. To me, well. it's tough love with me. But it with, is a with bit Fez. More. It's it's true love. Hey, it's tough. And remember, I'm I'm a massive underdog here. I'm in with the college football roundtable here. And these guys know so much more so than why, I do. It just makes it even weirder that you would come and lash out like that. I think it all comes down to a video when we argued on this video vehemently and he told me before we even cut the video you are dead wrong you are getting killed in this game <laughs> and i did 41 nothing and by the way tennessee can or i'm sorry check that brad and faz do their videos every week up at pregame.com you can get them or you can go to youtube search for pregame tv Pre-game TV, all one word, and check out those videos. Very popular, good stuff. All right, so let's get into the game, Georgia-Florida, because this is a pros versus Joes, and this is a game where 85% of the tickets on Georgia, that's the Joes, and then Florida with 68% of the cash. Now think about that. 85% of the tickets, Georgia, 68% of the cash on Florida. What does that mean? That means, no doubt about it, that the big bets, the big bets are on Florida. So let's go around the horn and see who people like. Ken Thompson, who do you like in this game? I, I like Florida. Ooh, sharp. Go. I mean, here, here's the thing. I mean, until Georgia shows me, no matter how good a team they have, that they can beat Florida when it matters when they have a chance to be in a playoff or be in a BCS or whatever it is, then I'll believe it. But I have not seen it because it has not happened. And this is a Georgia team that we're basing a one-point come-from-behind victory against Notre Dame on a last field goal inside of four minutes left. They win 20-19. to Other than that, since that game, who have they played? Samford and Son, Mississippi <laughs> State, at Tennessee, at Vanderbilt, Missouri. Garbage. All garbage teams. So when you tell me that you're, this Georgia team is not like Georgia teams of the past 20 years, I can say that's bogus because they've been in this situation before and they've had teams as good in this predicament that have beaten better teams going into the Florida game. And not only have they lost, they've gotten massacred in so many of these games. It's ridiculous. So it sounds like the same handicap as the Buckeye handicap. It, the Buckeyes got beat against that really good team. Georgia had a close win, but the theory is one close win against a Notre Dame team that, that we're not certain how good they really are, though the USC game seems to point positively 
And you're saying Georgia really hasn't played anyone else since. They have not. I mean, and, now, but, and we see that. But in it's the back to the, but they've been covering a lot of spreads, right? Look, I think talent-wise, I like this Georgia team a lot. I think they have great defense. I think they have a backfield with Chubb and Michelle that's as good as anybody in the country. But they're still with a freshman quarterback that has not been tested by a defense that is going to get in his face. And one thing that Florida still has, despite all the suspensions, is they have a defense that will get in your face. And if they win this game outright, it's going to derail another Georgia season. But I'm getting two touchdowns plus. I took 14 and a half in Florida. So I'm not asking for them to win the game. I'm betting on them to cover that number. And Georgia has to show me that they can first win the game, then worry about covering better than two touchdowns. Another example, you batted at 14 and a half, just leaning at 14. You think you'd like it maybe at 14 if you batted at 14 and a half. No, I said I liked it. I said oh, I, liked I thought it was a lean. Oh, so you like it. Okay, okay. So being specific, like yes. Florida, Ken like Thompson. Florida. Brad Powers. Lean Florida. And uh, a lot of similar uh, points that what Ken made. And I've actually loved Georgia against Florida each of the last three years. And Florida's beaten them by double digits. Not just won the game, beaten by double digits in competitively priced games. I think the major thing is, is can Florida develop any kind of points early on? Because if they can get any type of success early, I think they're clearly going to be the right side. I think they can hold Georgia's offense down. But if they're going three and out consistently on offense, then maybe I could see Fez's point about Georgia possibly running away with it. But at no point in the last, since 1990, really, has Georgia been able to to beat Florida by an extended margin. I'm going to play on the series history and say they won't do it here. Lean on Florida. And you generally agree with that, don't you, Fez? I do. I lean with Florida as well, (laughs) although... I think that the Florida team, I'm not impressed by the reason I lean, and this is kind of a math reason. We make this total 40. All right. It's 43 and a half right now. We, I like the under, if you're only going to get 40 points, think about this. If the total had been 60, like a higher score in college football game, that kind of normalizes that spread up to 21 times one and a half. If there's only going to be 40 points scored, it's going to be really hard to cover 14. You can dominate the game and still only win by 10 to 13. Fez is good, no doubt. And you say we, it's not the, it's not your ego. It's not the royal we, right? This is your team on the, because college football is you work more in a more collaborative sense. Yeah, I don't really have a team as much as I do all my NFL handicapping. I've got other guys that do college football. We have a big, a big ass conference call on late Monday night where we share information. I let them know who I like in the NFL. They talk to me about who they like in college. They let me know about the errors of my ways sometimes. And guys, he's this sharp in college. Imagine the pros. If you haven't listened to the dream preview NFL side, that comes out every Thursday. And if you're listening to the college, but you don't subscribe, it's easier if you subscribe because you get it right away, right away. Just go to your favorite podcast player, search RJ Bell, B-E-L-L. And there you go. You can subscribe. No problem. College and pro all comes through the same feed. Great listen. That comes out Thursday morning. This baby Wednesday morning. All right. Good stuff. So we've got three leans to Florida. We've got the history and we've got, got Brad treated with respect after Fez tried to take him down. That was good. Speaking of respect, it's crossfire time and baby Andre, the giant style. Now listen, we got some feedback. The music was a little loud for crossfire. So we're, we listened to the feedback closely we're going down a little with the music and let us know if it's good now. Here we go. Arizona, Washington State, right? Yes. Yep. Washington State, 
on the road, favored by three with some extra juice. Yes. And who do we got? We've got who's by themselves in this baby? I am Brad Powers. Brad by himself. So I think Still the favorite. it's two to one. Against, <laughs> it's two to one against you. We're going to let you lead off. Like, right. here's why I like, like Washington State in this one. I really loved them at minus two and a half, pulled off the rubber band, but I still like them here. This is a team that has the much, much better defense in this matchup. Allow more than 10 points per game less than an overrated Arizona team that's getting all this publicity in the market because of their outstanding quarterback, Khalil Tate. Well, the reality is Khalil Tate, the Arizona quarterback, hasn't really played a legitimate defense in these last three games. UCLA, California, Colorado, Washington State much better. And oh yeah, by the way, what was the final score in this game last year? Final score, 69-7. to seven. You mean to tell me in one year's time with a better Washington State team than we had a year ago that they can't lay three and cover the number? Give me the Cougars minus the points. That was an impassioned. That was a good delivery. Thumbs up. All right, Ken, you're the, you're the rock in the was or the sharp chair here. You get to start your response. That's the thing. I mean, and you talk about Cal. Isn't this the Cal team that held Wazoo to three points, sacked them nine times? Are you kidding me? And then Arizona, two weeks later, goes into Cal and wins the game outright, puts up over 40. So now you're talking about Khalil Tate. Yeah, let's talk about Lamar Jackson. The year before, I'm sure Louisville got throttled by many teams, but Lamar Jackson stepped on the scene, totally changed things. Now you have Khalil Tate. He's done the same thing in his three games. He's rushed for 645 yards in three games. Totally changed everything down in Tucson. It's a nighttime crowd. Rich Rod's job will be safe after they knock off Wazoo, who, by the way, will be playing their third road game. Got throttled by Cal, beat an Oregon team that had a third-string quarterback making his first appearance. That's your one road win. Good luck when you get throttled by double digits. Mmm, strong. Fez, tag in. Let's talk weather here. So nice win for Washington State in Pullman in the cold, the rain, and the wind, which it often is in Washington State. You're getting a little a little too uh uh, like fiction, right? It's like poetry now. He's got the wind, the rain. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night in Pullman, but now it's going to be a nice, hot, and humid night in the 80 degrees here in the desert of Arizona. That is an enormous adjustment that the odds makers do not adjust for, and they should advantage Arizona. All right, Brad, you get to respond. Just cherry pick what you what you want to fight back on. I'll fight back on the Cal game. Outlier performance. Washington State's outgains Cal in the game. They're minus seven turnovers. Well, that's why we're getting line value here because they had a game where they had seven turnovers. And no, Alabama's not going to beat a team if they're minus seven in turnovers. And as far as the weather goes. What I, caused the turnovers? Nine sacks maybe? But come on, Ken, we got to agree, turnovers in general have a huge element of luck. I agreed, RJ, and some of those turned into quick points as far as for Cal with short fields, so you don't have to go so far to score points. So if you're That up, is I, true, too. Yeah. When I you mean, have an extreme turnover edge. And two of them were inside easy, the red zone right away. It's easier to, for the other team to have a yardage, you know, yardage. Absolutely. Wise. But I also saw them turn the football over three times in California territory deep inside. That's why we're getting line value here. And the reality is Khalil Tate's so great. 
but they have a three-point win and a one-point win, lucky, in double overtime in a game that they were favored by four, and they don't pull that one out. This All this Khalil Tate talk is for nothing. They'd be one and two in their last three games. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. I'm looking, I'm looking at what they are. <laughs> if my aunt had balls, oh, wait. Yeah, there you go. She'd be your uncle. You know that. All right, Fez, any last thoughts from you? I think the revenge factor favors the home team here, the dog getting beat 7 to 69. This line is set where the power ratings make it, basically. You just beat me 69 to 7. It's circled. It's personal. Well, one last thing, RJ, is it Arizona uh, has is king of sacks. They have 16 sacks. They've only allowed five, where Wazoo has allowed 18 sacks already on Falk. He's basically back there just hoping that they protect him. So all three of the boys like the game. Fez, Ken Thompson, Arizona. Brad, Washington State. Brad, I got to be honest. I think I took you on this one because I think that turnover and the whole misleading final took the air. I could see physically you responded to that and said, yeah, maybe if the turnovers led to the misleading, you know, stats versus final. Are you, do you want to move down to the lane? No, I'm good. I bet it. I'm fine. I'm good. You, we'll see it come Saturday not night. Good body, not good body <laughs> I think you're going to be able to lay two right before the game starts right. as well. Double down. We'll see. I like the confidence. <laughs> Double down. <I> <laughs> that was savage. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, guys. Boy, you got to love the competition. Got to love it. All right. Next game. Oh, sharp money. Matty Holt, CG Technology, vice president over there. Biggest bookmaker in Nevada. It's objectively that simple. He gives us the sharpest games early in the week. And right now, one of the sharpest is in this game. Georgia Tech, Clemson. Clemson up to, well, they're a 14.5-point favorite at home. And Georgia Tech, sharp, 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 sharp. Georgia Tech. All right, Faz, leaner like in this game. I'm calling an audible. I'm- whoa, 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 whoa. There's no audibles. What? Well, well, first, let's get on the show. You can call an audible. Hold on. But who did you plan on having? I had planned on Clemson to bounce back and to be on them. But I knew I'd get Huey. And the fact all the sharp money is on Georgia Tech, I think it's a clear indication that Clemson's quarterback is not healthy. And if your quarterback is not healthy, you do not want to lay 14 and a half. Now, listen. You're not changing because you didn't get hit with Huey because you actually don't mind it if you feel strongly. But I love this is this is it's like a poker hand, right? Imagine someone going uh, not going all in, but making a big four X raise with aces flop comes king, king, queen and two diamonds. If, if you bet someone raises you. It's not pride. It's not. It's not pride and and guts that makes you go all in. It's smarts that make you think, huh? Maybe I should fold this hand because of new information. What can I beat? You, it's either a coin flip or I'm crushed. In that case, so you're saying, hey, with the information I had a couple hours ago, I like this, and now I've got new information. I haven't bet yet, so I'm calling an audible. To me, I love that. To be candid with you, because it's the way you've got to approach. As new information comes, you apply it. Now, if you've already bet that, you better feel strongly if you got to bet it back and lose the VIG. But either way, it matters how much the new information sways you. But 
You still got hit with you. So that's going to be the new rule. You can call it audible, but you're going to get hit with Huey based upon what you plan coming in before the new information. <laughs> RJ, you know, that's a great point because a lot of people don't talk about that where they realize they made a mistake early in the week and then they're, you, you take the lesser hit, you lose the VIG and you try to get that same number and back on the other side. that's going to be a pretty big swing. Yes. Though, is you've got to go enough to think one way is over 52.4% and then the other way. Because even if you think the other way is 49%, mm -hmm. Uh, or, or the other way is 51, let's say, and you're at 49 with your original bet. It's better to sit on it than, than lose the VIG in that case, unless it's a bankroll issue, which gets more complicated. And, and First Fez, do you agree with that? I very much agree with it. And a wise guy betting secret, like Ken and I do this all the time. Ken sends me plays that he's planning on making. And every now and then, what, one out of 10, I'll say, are you sure? Hey, you got this situation. This coach just got fired. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll talk about a one out of sure. 10 bets. But what I'm saying is this. Let's say you would have bet Clemson. The standard for you to say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have bet Clemson is lower than the standard of saying, oh, I'm going to buy back my bet on Georgia Tech. That's even a higher standard because now you're getting the VIG involved as a second time on the second bet. Right. Even if I think I got only a 49% bet, I'm going to stick with exactly. it rather than pay more VIG. That's a pro tip, guys. Mm -hmm. That is a pro tip. All right. So, Ken, you actually have a lean on, oh, the sharp side, Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia Tech. And I just, you know, first off, the way Georgia Tech runs the ball, the clock's going to keep going. Clemson, what are they going to do with a banged-up quarterback? They're going to run the ball. They're going to run Etienne and Feaster. So the clock's going to keep going. And again, Clemson's offense, remember Death Valley. They played a Boston College team that, you know, goes about their yeoman's work, and they're playing pretty good ball. But they, that game was 7-7 after three quarters down in Death Valley. So this is not the same Clemson team with Deshaun Watson. Yes, the receivers, Renfro and Kane and and, uh, you know, Ray Ray McLeod are still there, but got to get him the ball somehow. And again, banged up quarterback Kelly Bryant. He'll go more than likely, but they're two, six and one in their last nine games against the spread inside the ACC. So that's uh, Clemson. Clemson is two, six and one in their last nine inside conference. ATS. ATS. Obviously. Okay. So the option you mentioned in prep, the idea of the time off against the option. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, it definitely makes sense. If you have an extra week to prepare for a team that runs the option, it's gonna it's gonna help you. And that's why you know I'm not taking off the rubber band to take Georgia Tech in this game because I like the team. I like Marshall, the quarterback. They don't make a lot of mistakes. It's a Paul Johnson trait that you know they don't turn the ball. So the extra lot. Clemson time is, is, is a factor. Yes. Okay. All right. So Brad, you've got you only get one total. You've got this one, and part of it is Kelly Bryant and his ankle. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to call an audible, and I'm going to go like under. I said lean under 49.5 here in the guys' talk. I like under here. Number one is Clemson's quarterback. I don't think he's 100%, particularly everyone's talking about the concussion. I worry, you know, obviously concussions are very important and everything, but it's the ankle that has me more worried than anything. This is a guy two weeks ago in the loss against Syracuse, Kelly Bryant, that looked to me barely 50%. He barely could walk, let alone run. And that's the best part of Clemson's offense this year that opens up the rest of the playbook is his running ability. So the question for me is, I don't think he's going to be 100%. I think he's going to be 80%. So that means less quarterback runs. But on the positive side is Clemson's defense, not only having a week to prepare an extra one, but also they've proven in the past that they can stop the option. They held Georgia Tech last year to a season low total yards, rush yards, and points. I like this Clemson defensive front to disrupt the Georgia Tech offense. I like under 49 and a half. Yeah, good stuff there. And and I also think when you have, in fact, we talk about this on the Dream Preview all the time, NFL, which is when you have a quarterback that's banged up and you get a lead, you usually are even more conservative. So 
if Clemson does get out ahead by 17 and the total is 49 and a half on this baby, they probably slow this game down. Void hits on the QB. Real good correlated parlay here. Dog and under. Ooh, that's interesting. All right. So Fez, he came in <laughs> strong, proudly Clemson reevaluated. So now he has a lean, lean on tech, can lean on tech, Brad strong, like, or like on the under. And Fez makes a good point. If you do like tech and you like Brad's rationale, a correlated parlay is if one of the events happens, it's more likely the second event happens. And thus there's a correlation between the under and Georgia tech. Great stuff. All right. Number nine game. And after this guys, it's the double like the one double like and three best bets. And this one is a total, a strong total play. It's Michigan state Northwestern. It's Michigan state on the road favored by two and a half, but the total is 40 and a half Fez, your total. Really low total, but I like the under here, RJ. I watched both of these games last Saturday closely. Some misleading final scores. The Michigan State-Indiana game, we were sitting on 12 points with just about five minutes to play, and somehow Michigan State gets 14 points in the final five minutes, including a touchdown when Indiana let them score to get the ball back. Talk about a phony seven points. And then the Iowa-Northwestern game was a dead nut under game. 17 to 10 with a minute to play. They wind up going to overtime. So we get the extra points from the OT. Both teams were dead nut unders last week that got higher scoring than they should have. I like under. How much, how happy were you when Indiana let them score? Well, you got to handicap that. You know that Indiana's that type oh, of geez. good coaching staff that will let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Fez is one total under Northwestern. Brad Leaner like on the game. I lean Northwestern and piggybacking off of what Fez just mentioned. I had a wrong side winner with Michigan state last week on a video. Fez had a Fez had a best bet on Michigan state clearly outplayed wrong side, almost the whole game. They're trailing at home in a spot that I thought was very good for him. Nine, three, they score a touchdown with like five minutes left. Michigan state does. And then Indiana gifts wraps them and allows them to score that late touchdown for us to get the cover. This is an overrated Michigan state team that I said was even a little bit overrated last week. I just was playing on them because of the spot. They continue to be overrated. I like the home dog lean with the home dog lean, lean only lean only Ken. Yeah, you know, I'm, I, I flip-flopped on this game because I like Northwestern as a team, and it very very rarely will I do that, but I'm still only leaning towards Michigan State. And the reason is that I watch Big Ten Network, and I got swayed a little bit by watching D'Antonio's press conference. There'll be eighteen to 20,000 Michigan State alum there the, in Chicago. It's a big thing, of course, in Evanston where uh, Northwestern is. And uh, he was saying how they control this game, that this is a game that they look forward to big time. And I just, the way that Thorson has not produced this year when I thought he, I, th- I really thought Northwestern was going to be a lot better. I do have reports though, that Justin Jackson is, had been playing hurt for the first several games for Northwestern. He has looked good in the last couple of games with 264 yards on the ground in the last two games, but they were against Maryland, but against Iowa, decent defense. So, uh, uh, this is a game I'm probably staying away totally. I, I did lean towards Michigan State as far as because you want us to give one or the other. And, and Ken, you brought up a good point there. Northwestern, traditionally not a good home team because if you're going to make one Big Ten road trip, you want to go to Chicago, and you usually see a lot of the fan bases have 10, 15, mm. 20,000 fans in the stands. And, oh, yeah, that brings it up as far as the series. Michigan State has covered the last five times they've gone to Evanston. Check out the big brain on Brad. With help from Ken for racking my brain. Well, that's good because, you know, I actually honeymooned in Chicago and 
we went on the honeymoon, went on our five-year anniversary, and then this June, 10 years, we're going back every five years, and I'm hoping she doesn't look and go, well, you know, maybe I made a mistake here, but... <laughs> I'm calm. I'm feeling pretty confident that are kind of like, you know, it'd be interesting. I wonder what percentage of marriages, this would be a whole different show. What percentage of marriages, if they had to choose once a year to get married again, if they would. Oh, <laughs> I think it'd be lower, yeah. right? A little lower yeah. than, than the current marriage rate. I'm looking forward to this Notre Dame talk. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Next game. Oh, but Ken, you know, Ken talked about, he has a source. He does a radio show in Vegas. It's, it's on Kadon. And that used to be where the Stardust line was on way back mm -hmm. in the day. Right. Famous yep. station. One of the few in the country with 50,000 Watts at night. Most have to power down, but uh, in at night the, the, the power travels. So it's heard to California, multiple States. And, Every night, 8 to 10? Seven, seven, seven to nine, nine Pacific. Yep. Brad, you're on for what? The whole hour or the whole two, two hours? hours? Two hours on Monday. Two hours on Monday. And uh, you get some tap water. Did you Have you eaten anything since I mentioned that? No. Still not? No. <laughs> hey, we, 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 we don't serve vegan. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and you can follow Ken on Twitter at SportsXRadio. SportsXRadio. And check out that show and other good stuff from Ken. Okay, double likes and then three best bats. And this baby, NC State, Notre Dame. Notre Dame at home, favored by seven. And we've got a like from both Ken and Brad. Fez, not so much. Let's start with Brad. I like NC State plus the points here. And just pure line value for me in comparison to last week's USC game. I got a better team in NC State than USC. I got a much better spot, NC State, off a of bye instead of a USC team that was banged up playing an eight-straight week. And, oh, yeah, I have a better matchup because what's NC State's strength? Defensive line. All going up against the Notre Dame team off their biggest win over USC and as far as uh, margin of victory in more than half a century. So pure line value, matchup, and situation, all points towards NC State. Not only like it, but we pulled off the rubber band on this one. Uh, got a nice line at plus eight. NC State will keep this one right down to the wire. What are you doing? Why this guy don't carry his money in a wallet? Hey, why this guy carries money in a roll? Taking off the rubber band of the roll, Brad Powers likes, likes NC State. Ken? You know what? I like NC State as well. And I think Dave Doran has got it to his team now that, you know what? If we take care of Notre Dame, we get Clemson at home. We know they're a little bit banged up the following week. And then we can close out our schedule and go back on that opening game loss. The very first game of the year, they do lose to South Carolina, but they outgain the Gamecocks by 250 yards. If they run the table and win the ACC outright, they could be in the playoff where as soon as they lost to South Carolina, they're figuring we're out of the playoff. Let's just play out the rest of the season, try and win the ACC. I think they can take care of business. They got a quarterback, Finley, that doesn't make mistakes. He has yet to throw an interception, 11 touchdowns. Uh, Hines and Gillespie out of the backfield are good. And then Samuels is a dual threat, and it's Bradley Chubb. He's the real deal on the defensive line. He's the catalyst. He's the guy that makes that defense go. They have 18 sacks. They've only given up eight. I like NC State to win the game. All yeah, right, so straight that, up. That's our, ooh, wow. that's our double like, double like NC State. Fez, any thoughts? They pretty much talked me into it. Remember, I'm the guy that said Notre Dame was going to be overrated after that big win last week. My one concern, the reason I passed this game, is because in a hurricane, 
in North Carolina last year. The Irish lost 3-10, to so I thought that this game would be the type of game that they would have circled as well. So, Brad, you had an amazing stat on rushing touchdowns for Notre Dame versus giving up rushing touchdowns, and give us the updated stat. Yeah, it's even stronger. 28 rushing touchdowns have scored Notre Dame has on offense. Defense still throughout the season has only allowed one rushing touchdown all year, fewest amount in the country. In your power ratings, how much did you upgrade Notre Dame? Uh, off of that one was a couple of points. Off of USC. Off of the USC game. So, But you think the market perception is even more. Like, like you can feel like a team is much better than you thought, but if the market upgrades even more, then they become overrated. That's a great question because actually my power rings slightly lean towards Notre Dame in this one after that upgrade. But I think the overwhelming situation, again, NC State off a of bye, Notre Dame off the big win over their rival, the matchup, NC State's defensive line led by maybe a top 10 NFL draft pick in Chubb, and the fact that their offense doesn't make many mistakes, that overcomes a little bit of a power ratings difference for me. All right, good stuff, guys. All right, we're coming up to best bets. Let's talk about the prize. So we mentioned the college football dream preview had flattened out. We were grow, 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 and then flat, and we challenged you. We brought in Faz. We challenged you up 20% in listenership. I promised an $11 coupon if we went up. I'm going $12 because you guys came through. And what do I mean by came through? It means tell your buddies that like college football. It means tweet. It means Facebook. The more you share, the bigger the show gets. The bigger the show gets, the more time, money we can put into it. You could tell beginning of the year we had two people in me. Now we bring in you know, one of the most, quite frankly, Maybe the most famous public handicapper in the world, Fez, in the mix. Next week, we're going to have Maddie Holt from the bookmaking perspective, all because you guys are supporting the show. So please uh, give us a like. If, if you're on iTunes, give us a five-star. Whatever it is, that support means a lot to us. You guys have delivered. I just tweeted out, actually. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. We had a million, I don't think you guys maybe saw this, I did. a million downloads for the Dream Preview we just passed yesterday. And 750,000 was in the last month. Wow. So we could not, and I said it on my Twitter, we could not do it without you guys. So here it is. If you like the very best picks from Ken, from Brad, from Fez, anyone in college football, CFB Dream 12. So it's all caps. All one word, CFB as in college football, CFB Dream 12. And the 12 is a one and a two, 12 bucks off anything you want. Got to use it by Saturday. And you guys have been taking advantage of those coupons, but you deserve it. Here we go. Best bet time. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. Give you a piece of my mind. Oh, Blossom. Oh, Blossom. Sponsoring the Dream Preview Best Bat. <laughs> Reruns of Blossom. First Best Bat, USC, Arizona State. Steve has it. Game 174, I'm on Arizona State plus the three. And this is all about a continued fade. I'm sorry, Ken, of USC. That injury report on this team just decimated. We saw that against Notre Dame dominated on the line of scrimmage. Can't stop anybody on defense. And two teams, frankly, going in complete opposite directions. Arizona State 
huge upset at Utah. Normally, you play a tough physical Utah team. I don't want to the next week, but they basically took it to Utah so badly. That game was in hand at halftime. And I love the fact when a team pulls a big upset on the road, I rarely want them the next game if they're an underdog on the road again. But when they come home, it's a huge home underdog momentum situation. The crowd will be in it. This could go either way. I'll take the three. Arizona State plus the three at home. Looks like it's moving up towards three and a half as you're a master line move predictor. Do you bet this early or wait? Really don't know. Uh, USC is still a public team. Not sure. All right. So you would. Uh, all right. So and I love it. If you don't know, you say you don't know. All right, Ken, I'm going to let you respond first to this. one. Yeah, here's the reason that I'm just leaning towards Arizona State because the spot's good. They are going back home. But again, Arizona State is going up in class now against an offense. Yes, as banged up as they are, they played that same Utah team, the game that I was at, and that took something out of Utah as well. So when Utah went back home, Arizona State, they went up there, you know, they took care of business. How they took care of business that handily, 30 to 10, when you look at the stats, you're kind of blown away because they weren't flashy. But right now, Graham's got this team believing that they're good enough to win the South, and this is their opportunity. They knock off USC, they can do it. But USC still has Sam Darnold, and you can say what you want about Darnold. Look, he's got three offensive linemen that are gone from the beginning of the year, and he's been playing with a makeshift line. So he's had to improvise. So he's going to turn it over because he's got to take chances. So that's why I'm leaning to Arizona State because they are at home. It is a good spot. Graham has already, I think, solidified his job, but he can really get an extension if he gets this win here and hits the trifecta with Washington, Utah, and USC all going down to the Sun Devils. As much as my heart likes USC, I'm not betting them here. I'm not going to bet Arizona State. I'm going to stay and watch because I respect them again. Arizona State going up in class against a better offense. Lean Arizona State after Fez's best bat. Brad Powers. Like Arizona State here. I'm dead against USC. A team banged up playing a ninth straight week. They didn't have much energy. A lot of quit even, I thought I saw at the end of the Notre Dame game. And Arizona State starting to believe in themselves big time. And I don't think it's been very phony when you dominate a game and you're the more physical team against Washington. Then after a physical big win, you go on the road to Salt Lake City and take on one of the most physical teams in the Pac-12 in Utah and dominate them. I'm really believing in this Arizona State team, and shockingly, because of their defense, not their offense, I did take off the rubber band. This is another one early, but plus four and a half, still like it, plus three. Sun Devils win this game, Fez, outright. Good stuff, guys. That was strong info. I, I might be betting that baby myself. All right, two games left. Ken Thompson, Louisville Wake Forest, best bet. Yeah, Louisville, you know, I mean, it's a thing with – Lamar Jackson, you're going to give me the best player by far on the field against Wake Forest. Look, I know Wake Forest is at home, but they were at home against Florida State and lost by a touchdown. Same Florida State team that just lost to Louisville. Yeah, I know they had the game circled because they gave up 70 to Louisville last year. Had that work out for them. Still couldn't win. Jimbo Fisher melted down at the end of that game. But Louisville quietly going about their business. Why? Because Lamar Jackson is still the best athlete in college football. Louisville single-handedly wins it because of Lamar Jackson. Right now, Louisville favored by three on the road. Wake Forest. Uh, Ken, or I'm sorry, check that. Brad, nothing from you. Faz, anything on this one? Just in terms of line value, they were laying 34 last year. Now they're only laying three. That looks like a bargain. Yeah, interesting point. And, and I think with Louisville, as long as they're not physically dominated at the line of scrimmage, uh, in a lot of ways, people get confused because they see Lamar Jackson get bad or play badly. But the sense is, oh, it's in those spots where the team is just getting dominated. And when that's not the case, he's the differentiator. So I certainly at minimum lean that way. Best bet, 
from Ken. All right. Last best bet guys. And from Brad, Brad powers. Now listen, he does the dream preview with us here. He does his power ratings. Great stuff. We talked about it on Twitter at Brad power seven, other stuff in the forums, videos. I mean, this guy is a fountain. You know how you have like unlimited Coke zero. That's my drink. But sometimes if I'm celebrating, I'll have full sugar Mountain Dew, right? Just to feel like I'm yeah. young is, but I like, you ever go to a place like there's a, a, a Texas day, Brazil here. Great food. I mean, amazing, but they charge you for each Coke, a cola. And they bring you these little glass bottles and charge you like three fifty. Now I'm dropping half a hundred on the on the buffet. I want unlimited fountain Pepsi. So as a principal, I love that place, but I'm suffering because I won't go and pay ten bucks for those drinks. I know it's stupid, but hey, that's me. When it comes, I'm stubborn when it comes to that stuff. Well, Brad, you're like all the Mountain Dew you can drink when it comes to free content and college football. Great stuff. Check it out. Pregame.com, his Twitter, best bet time. I'm going with TCU in a competitively priced game against Iowa State. The Horn Frogs only minus six. And I just like it because this is going to be a team that's not only fresh off a pair of blowout wins against Kansas and Kansas State, but also now going to be a focused TCU team. Maybe they overlook Iowa State if this game's played a month ago, but the fact that Iowa State's off a big win over Oklahoma, blowout win over Kansas, and a big win last week against Texas Tech, TCU, the best team in the Big 12, will be totally focused here. And I like some of the matchup edges, particularly their defense against this Iowa State quarterback that's getting all this publicity who really hasn't faced a good defense yet. He will on Saturday. TCU, Road Warriors already this year. They roll over Iowa State. Okay, TCU best bet lane six, six and a half. I'm seeing two. You know, guys, one of the things I love as we wrap, I love that we we actually encourage disagreement. We want it to be genuine, but we want you to hear all sides. There's nothing when your money's at stake. And if you're being willfully ignorant because it's inconvenient, well, that just doesn't cut it here. And we're going to prove it again. Can you actually like, like Iowa State in this game? Yeah, I do like Iowa State. And here's why. Matt Campbell, to me, may be the best coach up and coming in college football. I mean, this kid is dynamic. What he has done in a short period of time in Ames, Iowa, getting adversity thrown at him like none other, his quarterback, after the Texas game, says, I'm not playing anymore. He's listed on a medical leave right now. He's not even on the depth chart. Jacob Park, a kid that threw for over 1,100 yards. They bring in Kyle Kemp. This is a, this is a guy that didn't even, wasn't even going to start. He's a third-string quarterback. Their first-string quarterback from last year, Joel Lanning, goes and plays middle linebacker. What has he done there? Leads, the tackle by four, leads him in tackles by 14 more than any other player and has also stepped in to run the Wildcat back at quarterback position. They have four receivers that are 6'4 or bigger, so they have a massive advantage against any secondary in the Big 12. These guys are the real deal, including their, their captain, Alan Lazard, whose dad also played for Iowa State back in the day. They go to Texas Tech, and they shut down the Red Raiders. I was on the wrong side of that game, but I stayed and I watched the entire game because I wanted to see how good this Iowa State team really was, how far they'd come. And they have come massive uh, measurements compared to what I thought they would be at the beginning of the year. David Montgomery is their starting running back who's dynamic as well, and he's a guy that wasn't even supposed to be their starting back at the beginning of the year. So you give me a new coach, you give me a new quarterback, a new running back, 
four six four receivers. I'm taking a shot. It's the biggest game in Ames, Iowa, since the Iowa loss in overtime early in the season. But this is bigger because they can win the Big 12. They're not just competing now. They can win the Big 12. They went into Norman, Oklahoma, and beat the Sooners. Nobody else has done that outside of your Buckeyes last year, but that was non-conference. All right, so Brad, obviously that's not going to change your mind because this is a best bet. Was there anything he said that you can either attack and say, oh, no, 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 you're way wrong on that point, or something he said that causes you, you know, good point, but I'm okay with it. No concerns. Uh, you know, the quarterback's been fine and dandy for, for three games, but again, has not played a legitimate defense yet, and I'm concerned. There's a reason. Hey, you said Matt Campbell's so smart. Well, if he's so smart, then why was this kid third string coming in the season? I think there's a reason for it, and I think it's going to prove itself come Saturday. That's called pecking order, and Joel Lanning was the heir apparent, and it played last year, and then Jacob Park was uh, an up-and-coming kid, and it really put up great numbers, and there was not going to be a switch unless he declared that he was medically, there's something wrong with him, and they still have not come out and given us the information. I don't know about you, RJ, but I want to bet on both of these teams right now. And they're <laughs> well, playing each other, so maybe I wait and pass this one. Well, I tell you, I lean towards Brad when it's his best bet, but impassioned on both sides. And when you were talking about, <laughs> one of you guys mentioned how smart someone was, and I just thought of the old John Cougar line. I went to a party for Jackie Onassis. If you're so smart, why don't you wear glasses? Oh, wow. <laughs> Little JCM for the fans. All right, guys. Great stuff. You can see how legit we are when it comes or legit, I guess, isn't the right word because I can't judge that myself. Obviously, I believe it. But how sincere we are in getting the information out there. And speaking of that, obviously, we have the NFL dream preview we mentioned. But one other thing, Brad and Fez with professional radio, Vegas guy, Steve Cofield and me on Fox Radio Friday night, 11 to midnight Pacific, Saturday night, 10 to midnight Pacific. The feedback's been awesome. Fox is happy. First national show ever. And we'll talk to you. And oh, one last thing. We are doing a separate podcast, which is a little five-minute baby on the Friday game with Florida State. So check me out on Twitter, at RJ in Vegas. I'll be sending you the link. We're separating that. But so many people have been asking for the weekday stuff. We're going to give you one weekday game a week at RJ in Vegas. Talk to you there. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week. The Serial Killer Podcast, hosted by me, Thomas Weiberg Thune, is the podcast dedicated to serial killers, who they were, what they did, and how. Join me as I sit down bi-weekly to bring you, dear listener, into the dark land of serial murder and psychopathy. The show goes into graphic detail on the most infamous and lesser-known serial killers from around the world, with each episode covering one unique serial killer. So far, the show has covered serial killer superstars, such as BTK, Jeffrey Dahmer and the Yorkshire Ripper, and lesser-known killers, such as Elias Abuelazan and Anatoly Onoprienko. 
Be advised, this show is not for children as it takes you deep into the twisted world of ultimate evil. You can find me exclusively at podcastone.com or on the new Podcast One app. Also, don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Hey, it's Jay Moore, and it is time, finally, for America's Lakers Podcast. That's right, I'm going to be hosting America's Lakers Podcast. My man, Aaron Larsoul, an analytical genius, he's going to bring to the table what I can't every Wednesday. America's Lakers Podcast exclusively at podcastone.com, the podcastone.com app, which I highly recommend. You can rate and review this podcast on all Apple products. And guess what we're not going to do? We're not going to bathe in the gossip and the gratuitous negativity that's been swallowing Los Angeles whole lately. Who did what? Who snitched? Who said what? How about truth? How about facts? How about statistics? How about rotations? What's Luke Walton thinking? Who's underperforming? Who's overachieving? Who's rewarded? Who's coming? Who's going? And what are we going to do with all that delightful, delicious cap space? America's Lakers podcast with me, Jay Moore, and my man, my brother, Aaron Larsoul, every Wednesday, podcast1.com.